Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Each episode, I'll bring on some experts, we'll talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Beth Arrett, an association evangelist with over 25 years experience in marketing and member engagement, and I'm so happy you're here. Now let's start the show. Welcome back, everyone. I am truly honored today to have the chance to talk with the best association leader that I've had the privilege to work with, Todd Hopley, President and CEO of the American Association of Airport Executives, or as we like to call it, AAAE. Todd joined AAAE in 1991, and prior to becoming CEO, he was responsible for overseeing AAAE's interactions with Congress and the executive branch agencies. Before joining AAAE, Todd served in multiple administrations with time spent at the Department of Transportation, the Department of Commerce, and on the White House staff in the Reagan administration. And I'm sure you probably have some great stories you could tell from your Capitol Hill and White House days, right? Uh, Yes, the ones that are not classified. (laughs) Well, okay, so I won't ask you about those just so we don't get in trouble. How about that? Fair enough. But uh, and thank you for the nice introduction, although it makes me sound very, very old. We're not actually that far apart in age, though, I don't think. We'll talk about that after we're not recording. Let's dive in instead to the association discussion. How about that? Safer territory. So my first question for you is a really simple, easy to answer question. Everyone is aware that we're facing some truly unprecedented times. So what challenges do associations face this year as we hopefully come out of this pandemic and how can they meet them? See, simple, easy question, right? Oh, sure. So this is going to be a four-day uh, seminar. Is that what we've got going? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll let you have a water break in four hours Perfect. after the first section of that question is answered. Perfect. Great, big, existential question. I'd say a couple of things, you know, at least for us. I'm not sure I can speak for all of association land, but I can speak, I think, with some authority about AAAE's experience. For us, our business model was stress tested in a big way in 2020. And we were fortunate in that we came through that. It was very painful, but we came through that, I think, stronger for it. Uh, part of what separates us from some other associations is we've got a very diversified revenue stream with lots of different lines of business. And that helps a lot. I feel empathy and concern for some associations that rely primarily on an annual conference. Uh, for their revenue, because that surely was upended uh, in 2020 and 2021. So that's the first point. The second is how you navigate the great resignation and the impact that that's having on talent recruitment and retention ends up being really important because people have come to the realization that they can do other things, they can do it differently, they have this big moment in their lives where they question whether coming into the office five days a week, eight hours or 10 hours a day is what they want to keep doing. And people have made changes in their lives. And from an association perspective, how do you hold on to the talent that you've got? How do you recruit new talent in this ever-changing environment? But then the other thing 
I think that associations have to really be mindful of now is how can you have a greater impact, oftentimes with fewer resources at your disposal? Because at the end of the day, if you're an association, you should be all about impact. How can you be impactful? How can you help your members? How can you aid them in their professional development? How can you help their industry before Washington in advocacy? You need to be agile and flexible and adaptable. At the risk of going on and on, I'll just one last comment. I think as a leader of associations at this point, you really have to make a conscious decision to have an open mindset. You really have to be thinking about growth. You really have to be thinking about how you can do things differently than you've done them in the past. And if people are sort of stuck in a rut, it's going to be a pretty bumpy road. If you're willing to look at things a bit differently, I think it will serve those leaders well. One of the reasons why you were the first person I thought of when I was trying to think, okay, I need an innovative association leader who's really going to be able to talk about how that has an impact on the association as a whole was because you were so forward thinking in how you, sorry, I'm just going to gush for a second here. My apologies. You were so forward thinking in how you approached the business model. As you mentioned, in most associations, they count on their annual conference revenue or publication revenues. It's very much eggs in just one or two baskets. And I think the ones that weathered it the best have been the ones that either were already diversified or they took the time to diversify and they had the opportunity to diversify once the pandemic hit. And you were always very good at seeing the possibilities. ABT comes to mind just seeing what the possibilities were and finding the gaps. There was a great talk by one of the founders of Netflix who was saying that they came up with the idea when they were having coffee, I think they said next to a blockbuster and a library or something like that. And they saw the gap and that's how they developed. They were like, you know what? Come up with the perfect business. There's a total gap here. You were always so good at seeing the gaps in what seems like a very narrow industry at first glance. How, how do you open your mind a little bit, you personally, but then you know, do you have suggestions on how association leaders can just look at the industry and see what's not there, see the white space in between all the trees? Well, first of all, thank you. That's an extraordinary compliment. And I, I thank you for that. I think it, a couple of things. One, it really helps if you can put your listening ears on. And I am a big a fan of lots of my association CEO colleagues and friends, but I would say that from time to time, some of them are better at broadcast frequency than they are at listening mode. And if you take the time to listen to your members, listen to your customers, listen to the people that are closest on your, listen to the people on your team who are closest to the customers and closest to the members, you have an enormous advantage because you're hearing in a less filtered way what the needs are because they'll tell you. You know, if you will ask the question, what are your problems? What are you working on? What can we help you with? What's keeping you up at night? 
you know, people will respond and you can hear what, what they're thinking and what their needs are. And then you can try and figure out if you have the wherewithal and the talent on the team to solve some of those problems. And that's where I think AAAE has been very good for a very long time, preceding my taking uh, over as the CEO. We've been good at listening. And uh, one thing that I think I've tried to do with intentionality is listening to our team. Anonymity. If, if um, somebody on the team feels like nobody in the top level of the organization knows them or knows what they do or has an appreciation for them, that is not a motivating factor. So I spent a lot of time trying to make sure people understand that I know and I care about what it is that uh, they're doing and the contributions that they can make. And that ends up being a very empowering feeling for the team because then they know that somebody's got their back. And, you know, if you have that growth mindset and you've got a team of people who are really aligned around a shared vision and committed to excellence, uh, they really can achieve amazing results. You know, what's funny is that I have this very vivid visual image in my head when you say that of a slide that we saw every staff meeting that said just that. And it's true. I mean, you, you know, our staff when we were there and the staff that's still there, I still talk to a lot of people there, just feels like it's well led and that they care. Everybody there cares from you on down. Association culture starts at the very top. And it is one of the few things that really does trickle down. People treat other people the way they see they, they are allowed and they, with the example that they show. And I think that's one of the reasons why the culture of AAA was just so great. One of the things I loved about working there was how much you cared about all of us on the staff. It matters, as you said, when the leader of your association gives a darn, to put one of your phrases into a family-friendly, more family-friendly <laughs> uh, phrasing. So, you know, if anyone is equipped to answer this question as you, what do associations need to do for their staff to keep them? And you talked a little bit about listening, but I also know that you took great care to find the right benefits that the staff needed too. There's a whole bucket of things, right? Staff benefits ends up being important because mm -hmm. you want to demonstrate to the team that you're trying to offer the very best package of benefits. One of the ones that I thought was really fun that I put in place when I took over was a vacation bonus for people because everyone works so hard. So we said, hey, if you'll take four days in a row off or five days in a row off, we'll pay you and we'll pay you a thousand bucks. And that's not a ton of money, but it it is more the gesture. And then the notion- Not to interrupt, was, but I have to tell you that when I first got my offer letter, offer letter and I told my dad about that, he's like, no, you read that wrong. I said, no, no, I asked. It's true. <laughs> well, and it's just a reflection of, hey, you got to you got to work hard while you're here. You got to also disengage, discharge the battery and recharge the battery. And then how cool would it be if you went and did something on your vacation that you might not otherwise do because you had an extra grand in your pocket and then just come back and tell us about it. And we as you'll recall from staff meetings, we had these great presentations from people about how they did all kinds of different things with that 
vacation bonus. That's just an example. Um, you got to put your people first. I shamelessly stole this notion, and it's not original with me at, at all, and it's not even original with me at AAAE uh, from Southwest Airlines, and that is put your people first. In business, it's very common that you hear lots of companies talk about putting the customer first. Southwest said something early on, and they adopted it, and we've tried to do it as well here, and that is put your team first. Because if you have the right team and they are aligned in the right way, they will run through brick walls to make the customer happy, to make the member happy. If they're aligned around that vision of service to the members, they will do extraordinary things if you let them. And so that's really a big part of how you keep people. Uh, transparent communication. Uh, going through the pandemic, lots of uncertainty. And one of the things that I think we did well here at AAAE during all of that was treat people like adults, share with them where we were, what was going on. We went through the monthly financials every month with the entire staff so they understood the challenges we faced, the tough decisions that we were forced to make, why we made the decisions we did, and then uh, just be really clear and transparent in the communications. And then it, uh, just the last thing um, is what we already talked about a little bit. I would just reinforce, you need to show you care. You need to show that these people are making a difference in the lives of others and just reinforcing that. And when you reinforce that message, there is this virtuous cycle that occurs because folks really, uh, they could work anywhere and they want to work somewhere where they can make a difference and have impact. And that's part of the secret sauce. Most people don't go work for associations for the paycheck. We go to work for associations because we care about people. We care about the industry. We want to help people and give back. I definitely true in marketing. I mean, I could market cigarettes. I say that a lot. I could market alcohol. I could market anything. Uh, my dad used to like to tell me that I could, I could sell snow to people in the Antarctic. So, I mean, but I choose associations and I choose places where I can help people. And I think that that's a lot of associations. And if they don't feel like they're having an impact, they don't feel like they're making a difference, then they're going to go somewhere else. Yeah, I loved that you always knew what people liked. You and I talked about TV shows. We talked about the nationals. You know, you know what everybody liked. You would go take the time to sit and chat with people in their office. Your door was always open, literally, as well as figuratively and getting time with you. And I loved that. You're painting a picture that asks, begs the question why you left. <laughs> I did not leave because of AAAE. Uh, two things. One, I am a builder. It's what I love to do. And I got the opportunity and the trust and the support to build something amazing. I built a marketing department there where there was none. I brought in, you know, I was able to like lead bringing in a lot of that technology and all of the integration I was able to do between the different products that served the members well, that made my colleagues' lives so much easier with all the efficiencies um, that gave just a better overall experience for everybody, which is what I love to do. And once I build all of that stuff, I'm sort of looking around going, okay, I built this. Now what? 
And the opportunity came up for this job to go help thousands of associations all over the world to do the same types of things. And I just couldn't resist it. So it wasn't AAA. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> no, I was teasing you and it makes a lot of sense. You have, and you're exactly correct though. You did build something uh, incredibly meaningful, impactful, allowed for much greater automation and frankly uh, allowed our team to spend more of their precious time in direct face-to-face -face kinds of interactions with our members and less back office process time and administrative work. So it gave people the tools to have greater impact. See, and that's one of the things that I, I love about, uh, well, obviously HireLogic, I work here, but just about the technology tools in general and a leader that supports those and understands that that's the ultimate impact as opposed to, well, okay, but can't we do this cheaper? Well, yes, but what is the overall impact on the experience for the staff and for the member in particular? Are they getting served properly? Are they getting the information they need on time? You know, is our staff now spending three times as much time just trying to get information to them? Are they spending so much time trying to make sure that the renewal process is working, that, you know, accounting's got the the printed invoices going out and putting those in the mail instead of, as you said, talking to the members, creating new experiences and new things for the members. Technology really can and should be a force multiplier in helping expand the vision of what it is that you're trying to do for an organization. And, you know, 50 people going full tilt can only do so much if it's 50 people going full tilt, that you need technology and tools to help those 50 people. Uh, they can have so much more impact with the right technology. Uh, I would, it's not a paid commercial, but I would offer an example of um, one of the higher logic products. Uh, our member community, you know, in the case of us, we call it the AAAE hub. The engagement that we have on that it, with the members is unbelievable and their ability to talk to each other and get quick answers on arcane issues that are important, sometimes narrow, sometimes broad. But we wouldn't be able as a team to uh, be as responsive on all of those questions as we are in creating a platform uh, that allows the members to talk to each other. and that stickiness and that engagement has been fantastic for us. I can quote you on all of that in our advertising now, right? Sure. Okay. I have it on, I have it on record. No. <laughs> you have it on video. Well, not video, but you have it on audio. I have audio. it on audio. I have an audio recording. Um, totally not faking your voice right now at all. That, that is so amazing to hear. And thank you so much because building that in was fantastic. And I will say that one of the things I loved about that and is was in addition to we're going on a whole paid commercial path here now, but um, in addition to the fact that they could interact, we were able to actually dive into what they were discussing. I remember going into uh, 
the first kickoff for figuring out the education for the 2019 annual conference. And I brought with me the results of a pivot table of like different keywords, all the keywords that we were interested in, how many times they'd been mentioned on community in the last year to say, yeah, okay, these are the things we're looking at. Here's how much our members are actually talking about them. And I couldn't do that without the community and the discussion and the engagement that goes on in there, but also the ability to look at it in the back end. So, you know, it was a huge help for us to serve the members. People think about big data as this evil overlord thing, like those 1984 commercials from Apple when they came out with the Mac. And it's not if you use it for it's like any superpower. If you use it for good, it's not a bad thing. It can be abused, but if you use it for good, if you use it to serve your members, it's a great thing. It's it's the the twelfth man on the football field. Great analogy. I do think that is an impact, and this conversation has gone like sort of diving into what my next question was: is that you know what do associations need to do for members to keep them? And I think number one is know what they want in the first place. Yeah, I mean, you can uh, sit in your ivory tower and opine about what it is that you think the members should want, or you can figure out what they do want. And again, as you use the example of uh, harnessing technology and big data uh, can be very helpful in making sure that you're tracking on what it is that the members want so that you can figure out delivery mechanisms to give it to them. Just like talking about how the 50 people can't service all of your membership directly, they only have so much time and that technology amplifies it. It amplifies that ability too to get that information. Both of those things, technology makes it scalable. That's exactly right. And then it frees up your team to talk directly to people as needed and to take their time providing more things for them. I mean, what else are there other things that, you know, in 2022 in particular, when we're looking at hopefully coming out of the pandemic and I keep putting that hopefully in front of it. It's like my equivalent of knocking on wood. And as we're looking at so many people, you touched on the great resignation, which has been on my mind a lot in the last few months. Uh, we've already surpassed the record of people who quit their jobs over any other year for 2021. And they had, don't even have the December numbers yet. And they've already surpassed the record by almost a million. So not only do you have to worry about losing staff, but associations kind of get a double hit because they have to worry about losing members. Those members are going to go to different jobs. So you have to keep up with them. You have to know where they went or they're going to leave and somebody else is going to come in and you have to find ways to get to those people. So, you know, what do associations need to do for members? Are there new benefits that they should be exploring? Are there, you know, what should they do? I'm not sure I can say what all associations should do. I'll tell you what we're doing here. And that's, we're really focused on delivery and impact. How can we continue to deliver for the members, whether that's in advocacy, whether that's in training, education, professional development? How do we continue to really shine in delivery so that we remain uh, a term I use a lot, sticky, with members where they say, yeah, God, AAAE has really done a great job throughout all of this. And I, I just can't imagine not being uh, a part of AAAE. So 
delivery, and then impact. Again, I think it is incumbent on all association leaders to really spend a lot of time thinking about impact and how you can make that difference and how your team can make a difference. It's just, it's not enough to just post up and go to work every day. Uh, That's not the yardstick that people should be measured by. It's how much difference can you make? How many lives can you impact? One of the things that I love about AAAE is we have a foundation where we've given out millions of dollars in scholarships. And we wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have the success in our business operations, because that's what's funded, for the, uh, the, large, the majority of it, that's what's funded our ability to hand out these scholarships. And so that's something that brings a lot of joy as you realize the impact that you're making on the lives of your members and their families. Yeah, I loved getting the so testimonials, kind of the best word, I guess, but getting those letters from the different recipients of the foundation's scholarships and seeing what a difference it made and what they were going to do. I mean, people were going to be doctors, not just airport people. People right. were going to be doctors and thinking about that impact. And I love that AAAE puts pretty much every penny of that money back into the airport industry. That's right. And I I would hope that that's how lots of associations think about this, is you're not a for-profit business with shareholders to reward. You're a nonprofit organization with members to reward. In our case, as a very entrepreneurial organization, we take the profits, I put that in quotation marks if you could see me, uh, put the profits back into the membership. We use those profits in other parts of the business that don't generate uh, net income and provide opportunities for the members to have more and greater benefits, whether that's scholarships or professional development grants or money back to our chapters for professional development and and leadership development opportunities and internships and, you know, on and on and on. You really have to have this mindset of not what you should be doing for 2022. Yes, you have to do the blocking and tackling on that. But I would encourage people to be thinking about what can we do to set up the organization so that five years from now and 10 years from now, we're doing even more and even better than we're able to do today. Can you repeat that, lessons? Because that was that needs to be repeated. <laughs> well, it's just, uh, you know, I Simon Sinek is somebody who I admire a lot. And he talks about, I actually had a chance to talk to him about this before he published uh, the book. He had a book called The, the uh, Infinite Game. And you really have to have this infinite mindset, understanding that there's no clear stop-start point in any of this in business or in the, the work that we've all chosen to do, people that are listening to this podcast. Uh, you always have to be uh, evolving and you always have to be thinking about growing and how you can have more and more impact. And so you really need to focus, in my judgment at least, not on the world as you would like it to be, but the world as it is. And how do you adapt 
and respond to that. If you can try and build an organization and build a culture that will outlast yourself and set it up so that five years from now or 10 years from now or longer, you can have impact. I think that is where you really can make a difference. One of the things that we've done here that I'm very proud of uh, in my tenure as the CEO is we've now endowed eight scholarships in perpetuity. And we've generated, we've raised enough money and generated enough money that we know that 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 50 years from now, these particular scholarships will be offered to people and we're going to have generations of impact. You touched on this a little bit with Simon Sinek, but there was a quote that he actually put out this morning. Uh, Too many people ignore opportunities because they see only danger. Entrepreneurs ignore danger because they see only opportunities. I think that that really embodied how you look at the association and how it can have that impact. And it's one of the reasons why you were the first person I thought of for this when I wanted to get an association leader. And I'm so glad that you're here is because you know how to look past that danger or the uncertainty, even if you want to call it that, if danger is too strong of a word, and see the opportunity and see beyond just the opportunity, but you see how it can impact. And you're like, you see six, seven, eight steps down the line of what the impact is going to be. And the internship program, uh, Sandy Shore, the first, one of the first people in first class of interns, was an airport director within no time. She made connections through that. If you look at some of the people who've had the scholarships, people who've been able to attend uh, meetings because of the professional development grants, so much impact from just seeing those opportunities. And I love that for our members, because I will always say we and our, when it comes to AAAE, I just feel such an affinity for the organization and for the members. That was honestly part of what makes it easy for the staff is the members are amazing. Uh, I still talk to some of them on social media. I still uh, am friends with some of them just because they're amazing people. It makes it easy for us to care about them. They're doing amazing work in their communities, stewards in their communities of a precious resource and an economic engine in their communities. And so it's nice to be able to wear the white hat uh, and represent folks who work so hard uh, that also make a big impact in their community. A lot of associations are struggling with depleted cash reserves right now. You know, they've they've dug into their their savings and, you know, they're kind of looking for ways to replenish those. Do you have any suggestions or thoughts on strategies, how to grow those back? I know AAAE does a lot with investments and things like that. You know, any suggestions on how they might be able to invest and grow that back long-term? Easy to say and hard to do. And that's really to focus on diversifying those revenue streams. You know, you think about organizations that have 60, 70, 80% of their uh, annual revenue tied to a big meeting or a series of meetings. And you learn pretty fast uh, in 2020 and even in 2021 how out of kilter you can get quickly. You know, again, we have 15 different lines of business in AAAE. And over the years, something will shoot up, something will maybe have a softer year, but things tend to balance out. 
you mentioned uh, something that probably went by the listeners. You talked about our ABT program. That's an app-based transportation program that we created um, with the help of a number of airports to track Uber and Lyft rides at airports uh, and give airports a way of sort of tracking that where they didn't have to add on a lot of new staff um, and added expense. So to me, you just have to really be thinking creatively about, as you, I'll use your words earlier, gaps that were out, that are out there, little seams um, between your members and uh, the people that they work with and how you can help fill those gaps. So I would really encourage people, it's hard to do, but to think about uh, diversifying your revenue streams. And if you already have products and services, think about, uh, you know, one of the exercises that we go through on a fairly regular basis is trying to look at other verticals and where can we take our existing products and services, modify them a little bit, uh, and then plop and drop them in some other vertical. Uh, and a specific example that I'd use is for a while at airports, uh, you would see these big screens uh, with uh, at, not ads, but short videos that we would run about how to take all the change out of your pockets and uh, all of that as you're going through security. Well, TSA took over that business, but we thought, well, there's still something there. And so AAAE, an airport association, actually is in 37 or 38 Amtrak stations around the country with big screens. We call it our pass system, a passenger awareness system, where they're getting messaging about uh, security issues. They're getting messages about, you know, how to get in and off of transport. But it's something that you just have to think in a creative entrepreneurial sort of fashion. And it's what you discover, at least what I've discovered, is it's very hard to come up with things out of the blue, uh, brand new greenfield sorts of ideas. But it's, a, it's easier at least marginally easier to take something that you're already doing and think about how you can use repurpose that and use that somewhere else and how somebody else can benefit from your learning in that area. And so I really would say that to associations that have depleted their cash reserves, you have to obviously be very mindful of the fact that you're operating with narrow parameters there. You have to be careful about making sure you don't overspend and bring on too many people and all of those things. But that's kind of a short-term issue. The longer-term issue is you need to figure out how to diversify your revenue stream so you have different lines of business so you're not reliant on one or two main things. Something that AAA has been really good at. And uh, I liked the, um, there's another good example is the ACT resource directory from the pandemic where you just it was a need that was there. And then to get corporate support to help support it was fantastic. And we um, just created a platform basically for our corporations to help our members solve some of their really vexing operational issues and concerns and just 
create, uh, again, sort of a closed-end network, if you will, where airports and corporate partners get together, talk about various problems they have, launch some pilots uh, to try and address some of those issues, and then move quickly. Uh, if they work, scale them. If they don't, stop and start over with something else. Yeah, and I think that's also a good example, just in general for associations, of why it's important to have that communication network in place with your members and with the industry. Because when you have something like that, you can move and communicate it quickly. You can look, you know who on the community might be interested. It, it does give you an agility and a flexibility to be nimble and move quickly. With that in mind, should associations be revisiting their membership types or completely new membership opportunities so they have those people in place when they need them for 2022? Sure. If you can create, you know, win-wins uh, in all of that. You know, one of the things that we've done that was unexpected coming out of the pandemic was we actually have created something called an enterprise membership. AAAE historically has been an individual professional organization where people pay dues $275 a year to be a member of AAAE. Incidentally, haven't had a dues increase in a quarter of a century, uh, which again is that entrepreneurial quest for trying to find other ways to generate revenue rather than relying on dues. But these enterprise memberships, essentially a number of uh, airports have said, let's just make everybody that's an employee of our airport a member of AAAE. We see the value, we see what you're doing, and uh, we want to help. So it's been great because it's allowed us to go broader and deeper in organizations. It's allowed us to help more people in their pathway of professional development. Uh, and so it is an opportunity for even greater impact. And that's not something that I would have suspected that would have come out of the pandemic for us, but it has. And it was very successful. We had a lot more people from those airports participating, which is great. Sorry, I know we're coming up on time, but I, I just sit here, want to sit here and pick your brain for hours. What are the top three things that you think associations really must do in 2022? I think I'm going to give you two because my addled brain, you know, can't hold three thoughts at the same time. <laughs> and they're both things that we've already talked about, but I think they're super important. You have to either protect or create, if you don't already have it, an environment where talent wants to stay and deliver for the membership. So in other words, hold on to your team. How do you keep everybody? How do you keep the high performers? How do you keep everybody pointed in the right direction? How do you create an environment where people want to stay and where they want to give you that added element every day of effort? There's a theory that you know people can come in and they know their job and they can do their job. They can execute on the blocking and tackling of their job. And sort of perform to a minimum standard. And that's okay. But what you really want, in my opinion, is you really want to have an environment where everybody comes in and uh, works and is trying to voluntarily give you that added increment of discretionary effort. How can they 
really excel in their job? How can they really um, aspire to even greater impact? That's if you can create an environment, whether it's 10 people on your team, 50 people on your team, or 500 people on your team, if you can create an environment where those team members really want to go above and beyond and test themselves to see what the boundaries are of their capabilities, that's where the magic happens. So one, make sure that you've got that environment where your team members are wanting to be there and are voluntarily giving it everything that they've got to make a difference. And then two, it's the point I made earlier about focusing on delivery and impact. How do you make a material difference in the lives of your members, whether that's their professional lives and sometimes it's even in their personal lives? How how can you make sure that you're doing everything you can, whether that ends up being advocacy and representation, or train in our case, training and accreditation and professional development and scholarships. How can you do things where people will say that association delivers? I'm going to give you two more really quickly that I heard repeatedly through the conversation we've had. One was diversification diversify. And the other one was invest in the right technology. Again, technology as a force multiplier. That's why I say the right technology. It's not just, you know, okay, I'm going to go out and buy this. Buy it, learn how to use it, find people who are good at using it, and make the most of it. Those are all big pieces of uh, what's made AAAE work over the years. Is there anything else that we didn't cover there are hours and hours of things that we didn't cover, Beth Errett, but uh, I appreciate the opportunity to have the conversation, and I thank you for your very generous comments about the organization. That's the, See, this is what the organization and how it cares about its members and its members itself does for people, even when they leave. <laughs> You're, you guys are never going to be rid of me. Okay, so Todd... Thank you so much for joining me. I have enjoyed this conversation. I've missed talking to you and I enjoyed this conversation so much. So really appreciate you spending the time today. I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of it. So thank you. It, it, think of it as a force multiplier. Hey, thanks then, for the opportunity. Yeah. It was great to catch up with you and uh, I'll look forward to future conversations. Likewise. And thanks to everyone else for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the Member Engagement Show through Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We even have an RSS feed. Also, if you want association marketing news in your inbox every Tuesday, check out my new newsletter, Association Marketing Pros or AMP. You can grab the link from the episode notes. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.